will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Last one for this uh, holiday shortened week. Although a reminder, we will be updating BearingArms.com, the website. Thursday and Friday, I'd say more on Friday than Thursday, but we will have some new content up for you on uh, Thanksgiving as well. Uh, so, you know, if you uh, want to sneak away from the Thanksgiving table, maybe you just need to stop yourself from gorging on the stuffing. I might be thinking about myself here. Uh, we'll, we'll have something for you to uh, check out uh, online. So make sure that uh, you visit BarryandArms.com throughout the uh, holiday weekend. You know, and it's it's just inside baseball stuff for a second here. Sometimes I, I struggle with this program because I, I do this once a day. For those of you who are, you know, longtime listeners, you know, Camera Company used to be three hours, right? We could cover all kinds of topics. Well, now we're, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. We we, we try to keep this single topic. Uh, and sometimes I'll write about a story in the morning for BarryandArms.com. And I'm like, oh, I still really want to talk about this. So... That's what's happening today. I'm, I'm I'm double dipping. I try not to do this, but I'm double dipping because I, I didn't want to sit on this story. Uh, the Washington Post came out with a, a big piece on Tuesday afternoon about uh, Lobby Day at the Virginia Capitol, which for 17 years, almost two decades now, the Virginia Citizens Defense League has held a rally. And you might remember in January of this year, it was... A massive, massive undertaking. Tens of thousands of gun owners showed up in downtown Richmond. We uh, crammed in about 6,000 or so in the area of the Capitol complex that uh, they allowed us to be in. We had to be disarmed for that part. And then outside of the Capitol complex itself, we had tens of thousands more gun owners who were there to send a message to lawmakers, hands off our Second Amendment rights. So we're getting ready a couple months from now for, the, for 2021's Lobby Day. Only for the first time in 17 years, uh, looks like VCDL is not going to get a permit to uh, have a rally on the Capitol grounds because gun control advocates have already claimed all of the spaces. Yeah, which is unusual, as you'll hear. Philip Van Cleaver, the VCDL, joins us on the program today to talk about the shenanigans being played. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I do think that there are games being played here. But the VCDL, I think, has found a fantastic workaround. Uh, and the Lobby Day in 2021, I think, is going to be another fantastic opportunity for Second Amendment supporters in Virginia, and frankly, throughout the country, to send a message to anti-gun lawmakers. Take a look and a listen. Phil, thank you so much, sir, for joining us on the program today. It's great talking with you. Oh, well, thanks as always for having me on. Absolutely. I want to give folks, you know, plenty of, uh, of advance notice here. January 18th, 2021, uh, that's when uh, gun owners will once again gather in Richmond. But it's going to be a little bit different than uh, what we saw earlier this year, where we had, I don't know, 30, 40, 50,000 Second Amendment supporters there surrounding the uh, state capitol. It looks like uh, gun control activists are playing some uh, some games here, and they're 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 getting some help from uh, from Democrats in the state government. What's going on? Well, um, you know, we've been doing this lobby day at eleven o'clock 
on on Martin Luther King's birthday or, or his Martin Luther King Day uh, uh, every year for the last 17 or 18 years. And uh, we were told years ago that we could only book that slot six months out. We could not book it like the, the one year out with, you know, when we told one lobby day, we couldn't immediately book the next one. We had to wait six months. And we have done that. Uh, because they said they wouldn't accept the application. And then magically this year, uh, I, I applied right at the six month mark and uh, I was told, Oh, well, we've had other people apply for that slot and the other three slots that day. And it was like, what? So we did a freedom, the freedom of information act and got our hands on the, on who else had applied. Sure enough, it was a, it was a gun control group. Uh, that had uh, applied for that slot a year, over a year in advance, twice as long as they allowed us. Um, and, um, and, and magically, the other three slots are pretty much rarely ever used during those years. They're all booked, and they're all booked within a day or two of each other by um, groups that, can, I guess, classified themselves as progressives, and one was doing it for gun control purposes. Uh, and they're all booked uh, back be- just before our lobby day this year, so over a year in advance. Uh, and they wouldn't let us do that. And um, so they, they, they're they saying, well, we haven't really assigned anybody to SWAT yet, but we did accept their application, and they're going to decide mid-December. But let me add something to this, too. Um, they're also have got the rules out there they're getting ready to change. And under mm-hmm. the new rules, this is, this is good, you know, they can – Cancel your slot anytime if a senator or a delegate or the governor needs that needs to do an event there themselves, and so your slot just cancels tough or you're moved out. But you can't do that if you got fifty thousand people coming the night before. I can't suddenly say, "Whoops, uh, we can't hold a hold a rally." So they put that rule in there, and if you have more people than you say you're going to have, then uh, then they can cancel your rally right on the spot. And uh, finally, uh, there right now is a limit of 25 people. <laughs> so right. even if we cut the slot, we can have a whole 25 people at the rally. Uh, so we, we looked at that whole situation. Oh, and add this, Cam. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the House has decided they're going to go virtual. They won't even be at the General Assembly. Um, so even if we show up, they won't be there. Who will be around will be the Senate, but they, they're probably not even going to be in the General Assembly bill. That's so unreal. Every, everything. I've never seen anything like this. So we decided to take a different tack. Okay. So what's going to be the, uh, the the new strategy here for this year's Lobby Day? And, and let me prefix one thing, Cam. I sure. mentioned Richmond has uh, passed an ordinance that says if you have an event, that uh, or if you have something that should be a permitted event mm-hmm. or is a permitted event where you've got a permit to do it, then guns are banned. Okay. Right. Uh, and so, we, you know, we couldn't have a permitted event uh, or should be permitted event on Richmond uh, in, in the city of Richmond without this ordinance kicking in as a class one misdemeanor. So um, we looked at this situation. We said, all right, what we'll do is uh, we'll do kind of like what a rolling thunder was or what the Trump uh, Trump train, where we'll just, we're going to have people coming in from the four corners of the state, east, west, north, and south, down the major arteries, uh, making a massive caravan 
uh, and uh, heading towards Richmond, um, arriving over a four-hour period, just keeping the constant flow of traffic for four hours, uh, either around Richmond and probably through uh, Richmond, uh, just a train of cars. And uh, we're, we're going to be ordering flags that people can get, uh, like a gun saves lives flag that would, you roll your window up and it, it goes up above your car, maybe U.S. flags or VCDL flags. Uh, we're looking at a magnetic door signs that could be put on. Okay. So that as, as, as the, as the uh, caravan goes by any location, people are, are going to know what, what this caravan is and what, what the goal is. Um, and, um, and also, you know, some people may drive that far and say, well, heck with it. I'm not just going to drive through Richmond. I, you know, I might park my car and walk around and you can do that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you, can, you can walk around the sign if you want and you could, uh, you could be armed. Um, as, you know, as long as it's just individuals walking around, it's not a coordinated effort and, and you're not blocking sidewalks and not blocking roads. Um, then that's perfectly fine to do if you want to do that. Uh, or you can just stay in your nice warm car and uh, <laughs> and drive through and then head home. But we still we we and we're we're planning a lot of things. We're going to be able to get some aerial photographs of this stuff um, and so forth. I mean, it's uh, we're definitely going to uh, to document all of this uh, because I think it's going to be it's going to be eye popping. People have just had it. We're fed up. We're tired of all of it, and this is—they're trying to throw up roadblocks mm-hmm. with the COVID and everything else. So, for everyone they throw up, we're gonna—we're gonna go around it. I love it. I—I I really do, uh, because you're right. I mean, I think this was—and I know that the the uh, state is saying, "Oh no, 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 we're we're not playing favorites here." Look, it was clear even before uh, the rally day earlier this year in January that uh, Governor Ralph Northam and Democrats were very, very upset uh, about the size of the crowd that they had anticipated and then the size of the crowd that actually showed up. Uh, you know, we rained on their uh, gun control parade, and and I have no doubt uh, that they're trying to do everything that they can to tamp down enthusiasm, to uh, try to encourage people to stay away, just like they did last year, or excuse me, earlier this year, uh, for the uh, lobby day. But I love the idea of a, a mobile caravan, uh, and not just because it was, what was it, like 14 degrees? Uh, outside <laughs> during the uh, lobby day this year. I love the idea of the mobile caravan because you're right. Look, it gets around all of the COVID restrictions. Uh, it gets around all of the asinine, I think, limitations on our First Amendment rights. Uh, and it still allows Virginia gun owners to, you know, come together uh, to use our voice to send a message to lawmakers that our right to keep and bear arms uh, is, is going to be defended by each and every one of us. And we're going to use technology here. Uh, we're going to have it so people can go to a website and they can uh, follow the caravans where they're at so they know where they are as they're coming. Because I'm envisioning people, for example, a caravan coming down 64, um, say, from, from Roanoke area or, or so, you know, up, up in that area, um, coming down. Uh, people will know when it gets to Charlottesville, so people in the Charlottesville area can be waiting and blend right into the to the uh, caravan as it goes by. Um, people can form their own little mini caravans to head to the main arteries to catch the caravans. I mean, this could this could be could be a whole lot of fun anyhow. But we'll have people. You know, you'll be able to join this thing. You'll be able to pick it up near you, relatively near you, or you can make little mini caravans. So we're going to put places where the caravans expected to be at certain times. And on the actual map, we'll have 
uh, you'll be able to go up and, and, and actually see where they are on, on that day. To say, okay, it looks like they're about 20 minutes out of Charlottesville, so I need to get, you know, get over to the 64. <laughs> right. And, and uh, we'll have people, we're going to have people, and I, I was thinking you would be one of them. I haven't formally invited you yet, but we're going to have uh, basically uh, uh, people talking um, uh, during this that you can listen to. Uh, during the whole rally. I and mean, we're not limited now to one hour worth of speaking. Yeah. We, we can have speakers that entire time, you know. And, um, and we basically were going to set up, uh, and, and, and have it all handled electronically. And again, you could, you, it'll all be streaming. So you can only see the speakers or you can just listen to them. Um, and, and so forth. So we do plan to use technology. And I, I might also suggest that people get the, these FMRS radios, mm-hmm. uh, which is a channel. And therefore, people in the caravan could all be communicating with each other if they wanted to while they were in the, in the caravan, but with these inexpensive uh, uh, FMRS radios. Uh, GMRS, I guess it is. Yeah, they're, 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 they're little FM radios that you don't need a license to get. They're fairly inexpensive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff like that, you know. Um, but I think it's going to be it's going to be fun, and it's... Uh, and we had to, we did, as you say, we had to do something to get around all this. They really, really don't want us showing up, and it's clear. And they're they're lying when they say, "Oh, we're being fair." No, they're not being fair. Yeah, well, <laughs> too too bad if they don't want us to show up because because uh, we're going to be there. And uh, I won't wait for the formal invitation, Phil. Uh, I'm happy to do whatever you need me to do or want me to do for the uh, lobby day. Consider it done. Uh, I will certainly be behind the wheel at some point, but uh, we'll figure out how to how to make that uh, that streaming work. Um, and I got to ask you before we let you go here, by the way, vcdl.org uh, is the website. So if you're looking for updates and more information, you want to be a part of this vcdl.org. But what are you hearing, Phil, um, about the upcoming session of the legislature? You know, Governor Northam, he did not get his gun magazine and suppressor ban uh, through the legislature that, that, that died in the state Senate. I know he has talked about trying to bring it back. Um, but, you know, Democrats did not have a great night on election night uh, in Virginia. No. They did not have that blue wave in terms of the congressional races that they were hoping for. And next year is an election year. Uh, all of those state assembly seats are, are up for grabs. What are you hearing? Do you think that Governor Northam is going to continue to try to push for this sweeping gun ban in the next session? Or is he going to try to well, he, back off for political purposes? Well, you know, he does owe Mr. Bloomberg. You know, so he, you know, he, he's got, he's going to probably try to pay Bloomberg back. Here's what, you know, what, what I'm hearing is that, that, you know, they want to do the assault weapon ban. They want to go back and do the one that they carried over okay. that grandfathers the guns. And we cannot, we cannot, will not accept that. Nope. We're not going to give away the next generation's rights. We're not doing it. Uh, tough. We're not doing it. Not complying. But uh, the other thing is, Lori Haas, uh, there was a video made where, where uh, VCL Lobby Day was, was sort of shown. It was actually a fairly balanced thing on, on a CBS, uh, 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 I don't know what you call it, a documentary thing. I was kind of amazed it was relatively balanced for them. But they interviewed Lori Haas, who is this uh, woman that's, uh, you know, one of the gun control people, one of the leading ones in the Richmond area and uh, in Virginia. And she said, "Oh yeah, they they want to they want to redo the look at the magazine, higher capacity magazine, assault weapons, and they want to do something about open carry and concealed carry." So um, that that's at least on her wish list. But keep in mind, she's in, you know she's right there uh, with the governor, and mm-hmm. you know, he's in, he's in her pocket. 
Um, and she was the one that, she's a paid lobbyist, and they assigned her to the Crime Commission. The Crime Commission is supposed to be an, a nonpartisan uh, commission set up by the General Assembly to study uh, crime and gun laws and all different kinds of laws dealing with crime. And uh, she's on it. She's a paid lobbyist. That totally discredits the whole thing. But this, again, is payback to Bloomberg yeah. to do something like that. It's, it's, but anyhow, she's talking about that. So there is a very good chance they're coming after open carry and concealed carry in some way. We don't know what. I doubt they'll get rid of concealed carry, but they could make it a lot harder to get a permit mm-hmm. or further restrictions on where you can carry. Um, and I tell you what, they're also probably going to come for reciprocity. So if you if you don't mind not being able to carry in half of the United States, then then sit at home and don't do anything. If you do mind, be I come out to that caravan and help us fight this stuff. Absolutely. Well, I, I hope that the uh, folks who are watching and listening to this, they mind very much uh, and they will be out there uh, if they are Virginians. And heck, you know what? You don't even have to be a Virginian. We had we had in uh, January, we had folks, I think I'm as far away. Did we have somebody from Hawaii show up? I, I don't remember Hawaii. Could have been. Uh, I can tell you California, Oregon, uh, Nevada. Yeah, uh, Massachusetts and other places, too, where they, they've got their own problems that they showed up. I can tell you now already people have contacted me and said, I'm going to be there. I feel kind of sorry for them. They're driving a long way. I want to keep driving. <laughs> Although, again, they can always park and walk around downtown Richmond. But, uh, uh, yeah, there they are. They're coming from all over. Um, and so, again, uh, I don't know what tricks. Uh, the governor's going to try to pull to discourage it. Last time it was, oh, my gosh, Antifa's going to show up, and the, the white supremacists are going to be there, and there's going to be a clash, blah, 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 trying to scare people off, and they probably did scare off a bunch. I, we were expecting 100,000, and we got 50,000. But uh, so who knows what they're going to try. We've still got a you know month and a half. Yeah. But, uh, well, we'll be staying in touch. Yeah, we're going to keep folks up to date here, and I'm going to uh, ask you to come back on the program uh, several times here before January 18th rolls around. But I do appreciate you joining us today. VCDL.org, that's the website. Uh, Philip Van Cleve, have a very happy Thanksgiving, sir. Thanks for coming on the show today. You, you too, Cam. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. So there you go. We will definitely keep you up to date on uh, new developments here. But honestly, just go to VCDL.org. Uh, you can sign up for their alerts. You'll get email alerts on a, a regular basis, and they'll let you know the uh, the latest details as well. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I really am. I think this is going to be a fantastic event, and you cannot, no matter how many games you try to play with our First Amendment rights, you cannot stop us from defending our Second Amendment rights. All right, on to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report, which actually goes back to yesterday's armed citizen story. We told you yesterday about a a burglar in uh, Miami-Dade who was shot and killed, trying to break into a home where a 13-year-old boy was there alone. The 13-year-old called his parents, his dad, an off-duty Miami police officer, uh, rushed to the house, confronted the burglar, shot and killed the burglar. Well, now we're uh, learning a little bit more about the identity of that suspect. The uh, Miami Herald reporting that the intruder has been identified as a guy who was already known to law enforcement, uh, somebody who, you know, a, a convicted burglar, 29-year-old Anthony Arias, who the Miami Herald says earlier spent years in a Florida prison for a series of burglaries. Yeah. Uh, Arias was killed on Monday afternoon after police say tried breaking into a home using a large screwdriver. 
Yeah, the uh, 13-year-old, as I said, called his parents. Now, here's the thing. Back in September, according to the Miami Herald, Arias finished state probation for a series of felony convictions for which he served more than six years in prison. Four of those convictions were for burglaries. Now, Miami Herald doesn't tell us how many years he spent in prison. Oh, excuse me, just more than six, right? That's all we know. We also don't know how many years he was eligible for. So it's one thing to say, look, Arias was in prison for six years. I mean, that is a substantial amount of time behind bars. But what was he actually sentenced to? Was he sentenced to six years? Because I kind of doubt that. Was he sentenced to 12? Was he sentenced to 20? That we still don't know. What we do know is that Mr. Arias had a lengthy criminal history. Again, had just been released from probation back in September. And apparently... His uh, crime-free life didn't stick. And uh, he decided that he was going to engage in more criminal behavior. And unfortunately, that was a decision that cost him his life. Now, today's armed citizen story from San Antonio, Texas, where a woman shot and killed her ex-boyfriend as he was trying to break into her apartment. This was uh, last... Friday, I believe, and I kind of, I, I confess, I missed this story. I, I do generally think I have, you know, do a pretty good job of keeping up with these things, but this one flew under my radar. Uh, Fox in San Antonio says that the woman was home and the man got inside of her apartment using the sliding glass door. That's when she picked up a gun and she shot him. Uh, officers at the scene said the shooting, quote, may have been in self-defense. They said that the shooting remained under investigation. If the ex-boyfriend broke into her home, yeah, that was self-defense. Uh, and so far, by the way, I've, I've looked for updates to this story since it was originally reported. I haven't seen anything else. So uh, I'm guessing the news media has lost interest uh, because the woman was acting in self-defense, will not be facing charges. Uh, but we'll see if we can find some more details for you, uh, perhaps on uh, Monday's Cam and Company. But again, I'm so glad that she was able to protect herself. And finally today, our good deed of the day. I love this story for a couple of reasons. This is from uh, Bedford County, PA. Uh, Ryan Putt, who's a student at the Tussie Mountain School District, was actually at school, which is unusual because in Virginia, so many of our in-person schools, are, they're just it's not happening. So I was a little shocked and pleased that uh, Ryan got to go to school. So he's there and he's eating lunch and he says, I was eating my chicken patty, eating it way too fast, didn't chew it very much. And then a piece of it got stuck in my throat. So Ryan ran over to the nearest adult, the uh, school resource officer, David Busick, and, and asked Busick for help. And David Busick said, uh, he came right up to me. He said, I actually thought he was sick at first. And I tried to get him over to a garbage can. Uh, Ryan said he was, I was gagging a lot. He asked me if I was choking and I nodded my head and he performed the Heimlich on me. Um, Officer Busick says, this means the world to me. Just knowing that you could be there for someone in a time of need. And uh, Ryan Putt, he's pretty thrilled as well. He says, I wouldn't be here without him. I mean, if Mr. Busick wasn't there, what would have happened to me? My life would have ended there. That's just something to hold on to for the rest of my life. I got to tell you, I mean, that, that's, that's some, now maybe he forgets about it three weeks from now because he's, you know, nine years old. But uh, 
that that's that's a pretty pretty compelling statement from uh, young Ryan there who may have confronted his own mortality at a very, very tender age. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, Officer Dave Busick there with the uh, Saxton Borough Police Department, the school resource officer at Tussie Mountain School District. We thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. I am very, very thankful for your support, uh, both uh, here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company at BearingArms.com. Those of you who follow uh, the Patreon page, Patreon.com slash Cam Edwards. Again, I am very grateful and very thankful that you are a part of my life, that we have this community here. uh, And I am looking forward to uh, being back behind the microphone on Monday uh, here with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Now, if you really just, if you, I don't know why this would be the case. <laughs> I really don't. But if you just think to yourself, you know, darn it, I miss that Cam guy. Tomorrow or Friday morning, you can get up bright and early, because I'm getting up bright and early. And uh, you can listen in on WMAL's morning show from 5 to 9 a.m. I've been uh, filling in all week with Mary Walter, and I will be doing so. Uh, on Thanksgiving, the day after as well. So you can find me there. You can uh, read up on all of the latest developments at bearingarms.com. But otherwise, do try to enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully you'll get a chance to spend it with the ones that you love. And uh, we'll see you again on Monday with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>